No freeze dried. Freeze dried is banned from this. See, camp. yeah, you can eat good. Why would you bring back straps and gizzards, dude? That is the, was the best meal I had, and and I, I've always called them gizzards. You can, yeah, to Travis. It's I guts. mean, it's a little bit racist, but he says I thought they just the Mexican people bought those. He goes, I didn't know any white people bought them. I'm like, oh man, they are <laughs> they are good, man. They're high in iron, low in fat, and uh, so I had never heard anybody say this before. He's like, dude, those are chicken guts. Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Hey, Rockslide peoples. It's live from Deer Camp. Well, live to us, recorded for you. I'm sitting here with Natural Born Hunter himself, which is uh, on Instagram, not really born a hunter. Uh, <laughs> you can look that up yourself. You'll see what I mean when you see it. And uh, he showed up on this hunt uh, about a third of the uh, way through it. And uh, we hunted our butts off. We were going to do a podcast days ago. And between just having a little bit of time to nap in the afternoon and then get back out on the hill, we have not had time. The hunt is basically over. It's the last day right now. We're into early November. And uh, Travis has got everything loaded up. He's headed for home. I'm almost loaded up. I'm going to hunt the evening. And uh, yeah, you guessed it. We didn't get bucks, but uh, I got a better chance than Travis does. He might get one driving out of the unit. That's <laughs> happened before. But anyways, how's it going over there, buddy? Good, good. All right, let's catch everybody up. So this was uh, this was a hunt that started in late October and ran into basically early November, uh, what I would call early rut, and that's kind of what we experienced. Um, I got here oh over a week ago and got set up. Travis was finishing up another hunt, so I got here a couple days before him, and I hit it just right. I got here in nice weather and uh, got camp set up, uh, running the tent TP. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. We stayed in a 15-man tent. That sounds huge, but uh, it's not quite as big as you'd think no. as a 15-man I'd like tent. to see 15 people. Yeah, in I'd here. like to see 15 people in here as long as they're girls. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so I got I got camp set up. We ran the, t- ran the tent TP because I knew I'd be here early, and uh, tent TPs are super easy to set up, just to center pull and stand it up. And then Travis wanted to hunt a few more days. Uh, he was looking for a certain buck and uh, didn't want to give up on that hunt that's always a smart thing to do finish one hunt before you go to another so uh it started storming uh the night before the opener or the night of the opener and uh basically rained about half the day on opening day that gave me about a half a day of good glassing and then the snow set in and it dumped 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 and uh were you jonesing when I was hunting in the snow and yes. you weren't? Yes. Because <laughs> you were. When I was sitting at work. <laughs> yeah. No, I was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I uh, you were blowing up my texts and and uh, yeah, it was great conditions. But because it was the beginning of the season here, there was a lot of people still. I mean, the storm kind of tempered it a little bit. But there was still a lot of people around. But I was finding bucks right away, and uh, it was the last couple of days of October. The um, they weren't. I didn't see anything rutting until about a day before Halloween is when I when gotcha. I started seeing that. And um, then uh, the storm left, and that was when I, f- I very first saw some, like a buck chasing does. And it was a small buck. 
I don't know what your experience has been, but. I think, uh, well, it was right when I got here. Mm -hmm. I think it hadn't even gotten light yet. And I had spot, I spotted those, but, or those does. Mm -hmm. And then that big, um, two point, I call him a two point, but he did have a little in line. Like, I guess you could call him a little three point, but he was big, big Turned out to be the oldest buck we saw on this hunt. For sure. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And he was with those rutting them hard. Um, and in fact, it was, uh, he was pretty tempting. He's 30 inches wide and I always have wanted a big two point, but it was pretty tough when it was the first, I mean, the first minute of me glassing, like literally the first minute was that it was the first year I seen. So it was pretty crazy. And I got to tell everybody how this happened. So, so I'm here four or five days, something like that. And all I know is that Travis is coming about the middle of the hunt and we've been in, you know, he's texted me a few times, but he never told me when, you know, the midweek he said. So, um, you know, I'd been getting up if I was like, like, like we got a camp, I've got a horse here, Travis brought his mule, uh, but we've got a road camp so we can do either. So some mornings I would just go out and glass, you know, from the roads, you know, do short hikes and everything. Other days I would take the horse and when it was really cold, I was just doing the horse in the afternoon. So like seven degrees in the morning. So anyways, I, I knew when Travis got done hunting, he, he had texted me, said, Hey man, no buck, I'll be there. And, uh, so I'm thinking another day, you know, and I get up, uh, that morning I planned on getting up late cause I was gonna, uh, just do some uh, road glassing. So I had the alarm set, I don't know, 5:45 something like that, which is kind of late. And man, it like, I got up, was just making coffee and it looked like a UFO was landing out there. I'm like, what in the world is all the lights? You know, and, and, and you know, there's a lot of people in and out of here. But I zipped open the door, and there's only one Ford pickup with that much LEDs on it, and a horse trailer with that many LEDs. And I'm like, is that him? And and there he was, drove all night long yeah, to come deer hunting. Yeah, that morning. Because <laughs> he didn't want to miss a morning. Thought I so, could sleep in the middle of the day. That's when you found yeah. the 30-inch. So, yeah, got here. Um Robbie had some coffee that I think he'd been cooking all night. I did. It had been <laughs> reheated about three days in a row. Um, yeah, and you just got to work right away. I mean, as soon as it got light, started glassing. And um, that's the big deal is, like, trying to see a lot of country. And, I mean, as soon as I pulled up, it was in deer. And that buck was with him, full on run. And that made me pretty excited to see that right off the get-go. And then it's kind of wild. I guess we can talk about that now. Um, that same buck, I ended up seeing him five miles as the crow flies went to a whole different part of the unit. And it's him for sure. Like he's the super unique buck. Yeah, two can't, pictures of him. Yeah, can't miss him. And yeah, and he ended up all the way down five miles away. Still rutting does. Three days later. Three days so later. You'd seen him on like Wednesday and then on Saturday. Yeah, seen him and lose Thursday, the track Sunday, Thursday yeah. to Saturday. Whatever, but yeah. About three days he had moved yeah. that far. Yes. And when you first texted that picture of him to me, it was kind of blurry. Mm -hmm. and, and, and and I read the text. It said, hey, this buck moved five miles as the crow flies. And all I can see in the picture is a big, big bodied deer. He's with does. Yeah. And dude, it looked like a giant at oh, first. He, I, I thought mean, you had yeah. dug up some old picture off of your phone. No, like he just is messing with me. And then, uh, and then I got looking at the video and as he turned, I could see, mm -hmm. oh, he's like, it's just a two point or something. And, yeah. and then I 
put yep. it together, you were talking about yep. that buck. Yeah, eye guards, like the whole nine yards. I mean, he was big and I mean, dwarf the other deer. Like he uh, definitely an old, old buck. Like I'm sure he's been around a long time. He looked all bad, like scarred up in his face um yeah i i'm sure he was super old his rear end is as big as that it's big quarter horse yeah, out there. he was I mean, big that, that's why yeah. i did not I, that's why i thought you're just messing yeah with or else i'd be shooting pictures. but yeah it's hard to shoot i mean when you're you just you're never gonna kill a giant sh- like settling and that's just one of the things i mean you just go into it knowing i mean that buck really did tempt me though twice i yeah, mean twice. it was right. a, I, yeah, I honestly had to leave um it was tempting so if you're done hunting now you he's got to get to work before i do that's why i can hunt tonight and he can't um so if you saw him right now on the way out would you shoot him oh yeah probably yeah i was gonna say man so would i so would (laughs) i yeah he's that yeah if i was on my way out yeah for sure he's he's a super cool buck and i think that's the whole thing in in passing bucks and um all that, like, sometimes you'll pass a buck that you might shoot on a different day. For sure. And I've talked about that before, and, and I know it's wisdom. You know, there's there's a certain camp of people that say, don't pass a buck on the first day that you would shoot on the last day. And I think that's, and, and I think it's weird because in my head, if I'm not going to be happy, I just don't want to shoot them. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Like, if I'm happy with the deer, I'm going to shoot them. But I think a lot of guys, it's too weird, too, because, like, you get down to the last two days, and a lot of guys go into panic mode. I eat so many tags, I don't care. Like, yeah, if, right. if if it doesn't bother me yeah. one bit yeah. to, you know, that's not a yeah, big deal. Yeah, between you and me, we've eaten four or five tags this year, right? Yep. 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 We've eaten four or five tags. Yep. So, so uh, but... The, the reason I bring that up is sometimes passing them is a little bit of where am I at in the hunt and For what sure. other opportunities do I have? Because uh, even though the weather warmed up, I didn't finish the story. We got all that snow, but then it turned off 50, 60 degrees. We've yes. lost almost all our snow. I haven't had snow on my boots in three days. No, it's, yeah, it's been it's tough. basically gone, you yeah. know, um, from, from, you know, five, six inches of snow on the winter range to just, just dry ground yes. hunting with almost a reverse migration going on. The yep. deer kind of pulling off, like we saw less deer today than we saw yesterday. Yes, for sure. And, uh, but, but my whole point in that is that, that sometimes I will shoot a buck later in the hunt that I passed up earlier in the hunt just because I'm looking at, man, I got better days coming. The mm-hmm. rut's heating up. Um, but like that, if I saw that buck right now, I, I would, I would shoot him. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I wouldn't even feel like, Oh man, I kind of had to for settle sure. for this buck. For sure. You know? No. And that, and it's, and I, I guess at the end of the day, like, honestly, if I would have shot him that morning, I would have been completely happy with him, yeah. but it's the whole wondering for me. That's what kills me is if I would have shot him opening day and then, or the day I got here, not opening day, but the day I got here and I had four days planned to hunt. Mm-hmm. I would have sat there wondering the entire time, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, and as the story goes, yeah. we found a bigger yeah, one we did. two days later, yes. a much bigger one. Yes. And so, anyways, I just bring that stuff up because that's the whole psychology of passing deer mm-hmm. is, is you just said it. You, you know, you don't want to have to wonder. And that, and that's another thing, too. I, I don't want to ever not appreciate a buck. I really don't, yes. you know. So, if I shoot a 170 on the first day, I might have a little... Uh, gosh, I probably you wouldn't shoot a better. 180 on the last day today. I know, but that's a, <laughs> that's not one. He's not 180. He's I would have shot him. He's close. We'll, we'll get to that he's part. Close. We'll get to that. We'll part, put him but. up on. Uh, maybe we'll use that uh, picture of him going on and everybody can comment and see what they think hey that's a good idea we could do that we, he's but dude i know if he was 180 you would have shot him 
you would have shot him. That's I, why no. I didn't take the bait. I thought if he's that big, Travis would shoot him. So uh, I was wondering. He was close. I think he was right there in that mid 170s, upper 170s. That's what I think too. So the, the, basically, we'll catch everybody up. We, yeah. Travis just jumped to the very last day. So that's <laughs> today. That's this morning. All right. So you know, the, it, it, we're down on the winter range. Most of the deer have moved back off the winter range because mm-hmm. the snow's melted. And I saw this buck actually yesterday, and I did. I thought he was better than 170 is what I put him at. I had him at 410 yards. I mean, he was totally shootable, but I just left him alone. He's probably a four-year-old buck, maybe three. Yeah, he's pretty young. That's yeah. the thing. You know, he's not mm-hmm. hes not a dink. He's not no. a dink body. Oh, no. But, you know, his ears are all, no, no cuts in his yeah. ears. You know, um, he doesn't really have a Roman no nose. No big pot belly. No big pot belly. Back, he, he's a like little that. bit bigger than d- the does, but mm-hmm. not like immediately you look at him and go oh my gosh look at the size of that body for sure so anyways i let him go yesterday and then then we get out there today and travis is down the ridge from me about 50 yards and um, i I saw the buck again and uh, so i texted travis told him hey that buck's right down there and then for the rest of the morning he's just hacking on me to shoot this (laughs) buck and then then he gets avery involved you know he's texting avery you know states away that hey man you got to work on robbie man we got to get him to shoot this buck and and it kind of made me question myself and i had this buck on video too so you know i'm pulling up the videos and looking and thinking man did i underjudge this thing but this buck is literally about 23 inches wide he might go 24 he he's got a little bit of everything he's a good buck he's probably 17 18 <laughs> inches back buck, he's but... probably 10 inches deep on the back uh, decent main beams mm-hmm. for a buck that narrow. A lot of times when they're narrow like that, you know, they got 20-inch main beams. This buck's main beams stick way out over his, uh, his nose, but he's light. He's light. This buck is probably, you know, most most good-looking bucks have 34 inches of mass. This buck probably has 32. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a half-inch less yeah. on, on and, and everything. And so I didn't take the bait. I let him go. And plus, I'm the proud owner of a cow elk, dude. I, I've got meat in the freezer. That was oh, yeah, the strategy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not an elk hunter, dude, but I do have an elk. And uh, that was the strategy from from early this year. That man, I if I if I have an elk, then and especially cow elk because they're flipping everywhere. How many did we see on this hunt? I mean, I probably could have shot five. Yeah. And uh, if if I have that meat in the freezer, it takes the pressure off me to shoot a buck. And and uh, so that was that was kind of my thinking. But anyway, so that buck is still alive and well. And you know, maybe next year he'll For be sure. right there and he'll be one eighty five, one ninety. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a big wide buck. He's not built that way. I don't think so. But you never know. I mean, he could definitely, I mean, as young as he is, who knows? He could really blow up and he's got the genetics and I mean the makeup and he's just one of those young, like if I'm going to shoot a deer on the last day too, I'd be much happier shooting like an old, whatever. The 30 inch we're talking about. I mean, yeah, three by four, whatever, you know, I'd rather shoot one of them than honestly, but that's just me. So here you are now. You're backing down on on trying to get me to shoot him. Well, I know, but I it's 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 after now. But I mean, and so literally, we both passed that deer. But either one of us could have shot right before we left. He actually stood up back in in the brush, and I mean, gave us like he was almost like taunting us. Yep, yep. <laughs> but as we were riding out, so we had had this good buck down in this spot where he was kind of going between public i had seen him on public uh was it thursday i think thursday and then he had been on the private we'd been seeing him on the private he's going back and forth so we're really watching this closely well on the ride out look over there's a deer that could just as well have been him right in the same spot a buck Mm -hmm. 
get a quick look at him. So, I mean, imagine if that would have happened. You shoot that buck, and then we ride out, and the, our target buck standing there, right there. Last day. Could have happened. I yep. mean, it could have been him. It wasn't, but that's just how it goes. So. Yeah, that's what, that's why because I'm that's why I'm hunting till dark tonight. Yes, it's like the only chance I got. And, yep. and again, I got a cow elk, so I don't have to worry about putting meat for in sure. Freezer, so, <laughs> but let's let's get everybody up with with that buck. Uh, we named that buck Kenobi because um, he lived on an Oki knob. So then we can call him Oki knob Kenobi. And uh, he um, when I was scouting before Travis, got, I mean I was hunting, but I you know I was doing a lot of road glassing and stuff, really just trying to cover the unit, see where the deer were. Um, and so I was seeing a lot of deer. You know, I probably saw 20 bucks before you got here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's probably only four of them I could have shot. Most of them were just too far away. You know, you'd have to stalk them and stuff. And I had I had seen some good bucks on the public and the private in this one spot that Travis just talked about. And, um, and I was seeing them on both sides of it. And I thought, man, I need to get in there. And so on Wednesday when Travis got here, you know, we had split up. I didn't go over there. I went to a different spot. And then on Thursday, I told Travis, I'm going to go in there. You know, I've, I've seen a nice buck there, better than 160 every single day. And it's really brushy. I just don't think we're seeing them all. And I even seen a better buck than that in there, like probably a 175, 180 buck in there. And uh, so I, I got in there, and then Travis was kind enough to go a little bit lower on the mountain where he could glass across the private and see onto the public and see it better than I could. And then we were just going to stay in touch. And by the way, we are in a state that total, that's totally legal. You can text each other. You can do all that stuff. We checked. And uh, so I get in, in there. I'm, I'm on the backside of, of Okinawa, I call it. And the wind comes from the southwest. And uh, Travis is looking at the south side. So he's basically got the wind at his back. They could never wind him. He's too far away. I'm just trying to paint the picture here. And uh, I'm coming in from basically the north. And I'm, my, my plan was to get up. On, up on a, a slope that's above the knob and be able to look down on it well this is a pretty busy place and there are other hunters around and as i was riding in um i have to take a longer trail around to get the horse in there's a shortcut trail some guys cut off of um that we're hiking in and and i i i, I met them at the junctions of the trails and i was only about a minute ahead of them and they were just behind me and so when we got out to where i wanted to glass i thought man i'm going to be sitting right here in the trail glassing where where these guys are going to walk and that that always attracts attention you know i you know there's guys here that are deer hunting and elk hunting and both and so i decided i'm just going to pussyfoot in to the knob and get a little closer than what i want to be and let these guys pass me and you know plus give them room to hunt you know i'm not just trying to hide anything it's just like you know, we don't want to be on top of each other these guys are working hard too so uh so i got in there and it's just cracking light uh it's legal shooting light and um, I, I go right, those guys go left. And so they actually have a better view of the knob than I do. Um, but I'm, I'm right on top of, the, of where I've seen the deer. You know, I could get a 50 to 150-yard shot where I'm going. And so I'm pussyfooting along the top of the ridge. Travis, I'll let you pick up right there. Yeah, so I was started texting me. probably 1,700, 1,800 yards away roughly from the knob where they were when I first was glassing and I watched, so from my vantage point, it's just getting light enough that I can barely see at that distance. And I watched a headlamp come across the hill and then I saw another one and I thought, okay, is Robbie 
<laughs> I almost wondered if he had tail lights on his horse or something. Like it looked like because one was, was red. You're, yeah, one guy I had a red was one. like, "What is going on here?" And did Robbie got a guy? And then I'm like, "No, that's got to be somebody else." But I didn't know because as it got light, so as it got light, I immediately start seeing the deer. I'm seeing deer, and I'm I'm trying to tell Robbie where they are in relation. And as I look up, I'd end up finding a buck that he's he's big i i really think he was in the 190s close i don't know he might not have been 190 right there with a big cheater um a beautiful buck a buck you'd shoot yeah bigger than anything we say yeah um he uh is rutting a doe and i watch him so this section of of private the deer were all on the private all of the does him well, there's two other really nice bucks, like probably the ones you had seen earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, high yeah, 170s, nice yeah. 180s, <laughs> something like that. And they're all of them are all together, kind of in a little group. And I think there was probably around 20 deer total, maybe not quite 20, but really close, counting the bucks. And one of the bucks, so this big buck, he's just sitting st- over off to the side. He's kind of just watching everything. He was laying down. When yes, he was yeah, he laying, down, laying down. Just sitting, watching everything going on, going on. So I'm trying to look at the deer, look up at Robbie, and I had sent him an inReach message. Yeah, because there's no cell service for me there. Mm-hmm. It has to go through inReach. So I had sent him a way. message saying, hey, those deer are down lower they're on the private but i think you ought to work i i was trying to get him to come i think i tried to send him a pin where they were to try to get him to come around anyways the that the in reach that's one thing i've learned yeah it's there's the horse <laughs> it's an absolute disaster trying to text yeah, back and forth it is. it's with any speed at all and you you'll get messages skip robbie was sending me multiple messages i mean it's very weird how it, anyways it's just weird so anyways this buck he's sitting down there well one of the like 175 180 inch bucks runs a doe right up past him he stands up takes that buck from or the doe from her and heads to public and he makes a freaking beeline jumps she jumps the fence him right behind and i'm like oh my gosh and it was about that time that i had looked up and i see orange coming across the hill i'm like he's right there he's he's gonna see him he's in perfect position yep Yep. and i that and i think i i'm i can't even remember i think i was trying to text you and i'm watching and then i just i ended up having to change vantage points Mm -hmm. so i changed vantage points so i could try to see a little better um I went around, so I was I moved for about five minutes to try to get a better vantage point. When I, as soon as I parked, I just and there was a knob that I was around. I was in my truck. I had to go around and come back to another spot to glass up there. Well, by the time I got over there, I don't know really what happened, but I looked up, and there was the buck and doe. He was coming back onto private, but they're just hanging right right there. on the line. Well, those guys, it ended up not being Robbie. It was some other guys. And how they missed that deer, I I still have no idea. But anyways, they missed it. They were in a great vantage point. And finally, I ended up, I think that's when I first you got, got some the messages. messages through to me. And the first message I got was, 
the infamous message you always send me, shooter buck with a bunch of <laughs> exclamation points. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like where? I mean, I'm, and, 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 and right now where I'm at, I am not where Travis thinks I am. Because remember, he thought I was one of those, those guys, guys walking in the orange. And then he's kind of figuring out that's not Robbie. And I'm up on top of the knob and I've got a big oak brush basin below me, public, probably two or 300 yards of public. And you can't really see into it very well. And then Travis has seen the deer right below that. And uh, there's a bull elk down there looking at me, a six-point bull elk. And he's on the private, and he's got me pegged, and I just don't dare move. So I'm pinned down by him. And that was the other thing. Those hunters, even if those guys weren't hunting deer, they, they had to hunt elk. elk. <laughs> and they never that saw that elk either. Yeah. And, and, and you know, maybe if they did see me, I thought about this while well, he's on the private. Maybe they're like, well, we can't hunt him. But any self-respecting five, bull hunter would have stopped and, and looked, looked at, at him. that. Yeah. Well, in five minutes, he was on the public. And in five minutes, he walked right <laughs> behind him. Like, that was what was, yeah, was amazing. Was crazy. So, so in my world, I'm just pinned down by a bull elk and just don't want to spook him and run him. And Travis is trying to let me know where this buck is. So... The, the wrap-up is we went back through the timestamps of the text and then plus me videoing the elk from where I was and plus Travis's timestamp of when he videoed the buck. I mean, deer hunting is like all timestamps now. It's yeah. Funny. And uh, we figured out I was probably about 100 yards out of, ra- out of sight of this buck. Mm-hmm. I was just over the backside, the north-facing side of the ridge. The buck was on the south-facing side. And Travis estimates this buck came within 100 yards of me, I think. Oh, had to have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, chasing that doe. I'm surprised I didn't hear him because, yeah. you know, he was on that doe. And oh, he yeah, ran and him were, right underneath yep. me, and I never saw him. And I know he was on public for oh, five minutes. Yep. Like, oh, uh, And on sick. a full-on run, it's hard to say how much ground he kind of covered because when he kind of went over, I kind of lost it. But it, it's just hard to say how much and that's just that's just deer hunting but that's how fast too i mean you're looking at deer on private and you sit and think what are the odds they're going to come over to public well you just never know you just don't know especially in the rut yeah and i mean one doe what you know goes tries to get away from a buck and i think that's what she was doing was jumping the fence like i'll get away from him and he was right behind her and out through the brush they went so it's just that's how it works once travis got me straightened out on the logistics of what was going on you know because i I'm, he's thinking they're right below me and I can see them. And, you know, and, and he didn't know I had so much brush in front of me, but he told me to circle to the West, which pushed me back on the trail where those guys were walking. Those guys were gone by now. And that, that bull elk had crossed that trail right behind him. Yeah, poor, poor guys. Yeah. Poor guys, man. They knew what they missed. Oh, and yeah. uh, so I got up on that trail and now I'm looking down in there and now the buck is back on private and I can see him. And he was a good buck. Um, I thought he was about, 185 190 looking at him um because you know down there on the private he's nobody's hunting he's just walking around he's easy to mm-hmm. easy to look at but then the next day uh, when i was back up there uh he was way down on the private and i got a really good look at him i downgraded him to probably a max of 185 i don't i don't think he was touching 190 got some better video of him and everything um but w- i stayed on that buck and travis did too for the last couple of days and he just kind of disappeared is this warm weather came in the does kind of disappeared off of, of the private and the public right there we you know probably half the number of deer in there now as, as there was so anyways that's our big buck story right there um did we miss any other bucks um, the 30 inch you saw opening day that buck and then the 170 buck today and then just a bunch of you know nice 
Yeah. I mean, 150, 160 yeah. type bucks. And, but deer numbers were decent. It really mm -hmm. was. We're not in a winter kill area. Thank you. Thank God yep. for, for one, one of our tags yeah. landed somewhere where there wasn't winter kill. Um, but, uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's ending the first week of November right now and they're in full rut, even though I don't see big bucks with every, with every doe group. I don't even see bucks with every doe group. Every buck I see, whether it's a two point or a four point, He's he's either chasing does, or raking his or antlers, raking his antlers yeah. or, or walking around like his power steering's out. You know, I mean, you can just tell yeah. they're they're here now. Yeah. They really have I think the storm, and uh, and plus we had a full moon. Mm -hmm. And um, in the whitetail world, if you have a full moon around Halloween, that really will put them into the rut. And I, I, I'm learning, I think that's kind of the case with mule deer. But, of course, you know, you were a couple hundred miles away, and you saw the biggest buck. Yeah, back buck. in, yeah, the 20th of October. He saw a big buck rutting does, yep. actually tried to kill it I think later. it was the, yeah, the 19th or 20th. Yeah, yep. the, be, the, the the only buck that was rutting does was a yep. big three by four. That was the only reason you didn't shoot him. Big three, just a straight three. Straight three, yep. straight three. Yeah, yep. probably 18-inch backs, 19-inch backs. Yeah, he was backs. big. Yeah, and I've seen back. him for two years in a row. Yeah, and then you tried to kill him on the last day? Did I catch yeah, the Yeah, well, I would have, and there was another buck in there that was, I mean, yeah, it's just just looking, man, and that's the thing is the ruts. It's You never know what might show up. Yeah, so pass up bucks at your own risk is, is all we can say. So uh, just a couple of things we got on the list here. Uh, lone does versus doe groups. Do you have a preference over over that when you're getting into the rut? Um, I don't know. I guess, you know, you'd think about it. Your odds go up the more the more does you see, you know, in a group that one of them's a hot doe. But I don't know. I can sure remember a lot of times I've seen a buck chase off a one lone doe that's hot and i think he they've really he's pulled her out of the group they've they end up kind of isolated and i see that happen quite a bit so i don't know it's just interesting how that can happen don't ignore them for sure like a single right. doe or or any doe for that matter and that's one thing i know starting about the 15th of october before the f October 15th, if I see a doe, I pretty much, yeah. I don't even look at the yeah. rest of them. I just ignore it. Yep. And about the 15th of October, I start, I pay attention. Mm -hmm. I try to look at all the deer, mm -hmm. just make sure. Cause I've just, I've, I've been fooled before. Yeah. Do you think it has anything to do with latitude? So if, if you're hunting like Northern Montana, you know, maybe Southeast Idaho and up uh, Washington, do you feel like earlier in October they're rutting versus maybe. maybe some of our southern states like New Mexico or Colorado or maybe and 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 I, and I would say maybe as well it's just it just yeah. seems like when I've hunted Colorado um and that when I get there the deer seem to be a little bit behind of what I've left in Idaho on average, mm -hmm. you know, maybe a few days, and 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 I and, and I mean, we know this that the further south you go, yeah, I mean, just yeah, you go to clear Arizona, to Mexico, yeah, southern Arizona, Arizona yeah. they're not even going to rut till January. So For I, sure. I think there's a little bit of that going on. But I'm with you, dude. If I'm in the, one of those northern states, um, Wyoming, even northern mm -hmm. uh, northwest Wyoming, yeah, mid October, yeah, I don't, sure. I don't ignore does, but yeah, before that I do. But the lone does versus the doe groups, I, I, I'm with you that uh, I pay attention to both. But dude, I get a little bit more excited when i see a big lone doe because i know something's up yeah she, she doesn't have, have a fawn, fawn or, she's yeah. not running around That's with a big a group of does and i have seen some really really good bucks with around no other deer 
but one mm -hmm. lone doe. And often he's bedded or he's just off 50 yards and that, and that's what he's doing. So I always pay attention to that, but early in the rut, like around Halloween, I'm with you. I look for big doe groups because yes. there's just more odds. One of them is going to be an estrus mm -hmm. and pulling that buck in. For sure. And um, when I was researching my last book, I, I, I didn't even know this dude. Did you know does are only an estrus for about 24 hours? Yeah. And then it, and then they'll go out and then it'll come in. Like, I think it's 10, 14 days. Uh, it's or something. 28 days. 28. 28 oh, days. is it? Yeah. Is it that yeah. one? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so that's kind of crazy, and that's probably why you see some deer, I mean, acting ruddy end of November into first part of December. Yeah. But I always pay attention to them them doe groups, and uh, and but, uh, but lone does. Probably the bigger bucks I've seen around lone does have been probably 10th of November on, you know, is when I really start to see that. Uh, moon phase, we basically hunted from pre-full moon through the full moon to the... Now it's, what do they call it, waning gibbous yeah. or something? I mean, it's it's probably about a third of a moon yeah. right now. It's 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 coming up in the mornings, I know, when I leave camp. And uh, and just, I mean, I'm no expert on this at all. The whitetail guys have this nailed down. But I'm not afraid of the full moon anymore. I used to be. What about I'm not, you? I don't even, dude, I don't even care one bit about it. Yep. I totally ignore it. I've never paid attention. The only thing I've noticed is I do think... Um, more animals are out, you know, mm -hmm. at night and I think they're a little more active, but dude, I've, some of the best hunting I have ever had has been when there was a full moon. Some like some of the worst hunting I've, <laughs> yeah, I've just never, no, I've never seen a direct correlation. I would rather, I'm more worried about temperature, like the lower the temperature, the more active yep. I think deer yep. are going to be. Yep. Um, throughout the day especially yep. and so i don't know i just i don't even pay attention i used to like get into that kind of stuff and look and i know and i should say this years ago they used to give like a i think it was like on your garmin gps it would give like a hot time based on yeah. i don't even know yeah. how it used to work mm -hmm. now this is interesting and i have no idea if it's true but I used to, when I would backpack into Wyoming, so let's say it was going to say, and it was going to be great at two 30 in the afternoon. Well, I would always make sure I was out glassing and dude, I would always find deer during that. But I always just wondered if it was like, if I just put that much effort forth all the time, if I was just always glassing, maybe I would have, I don't know. It just makes me wonder. And I do know. Um, some guys get into it with fishing. Mm -hmm. I'm completely convinced that's complete bullshit. Like the moon phase. Uh -huh. Like I have never, I have never, ever seen that be accurate, but tying I, it to fishing. Yeah. Never. So I don't know, but it's yeah, just, I don't know. Either. So it's... I know a lot of guys and I feel like some guys, I hear them throw around moon phases and they're like using it as like an excuse or, yeah, and I don't know, right. uh, but I just think just get out there. Like yeah. I'm never going to plan my hunt based around moon phases. I'm not that guy. I know some guys do, but it's not me. Yeah, because most of our stuff, the logistics are, it's it's not like we're leaving the house and yeah. just going up on the hill. Yeah. You know? It's just, just, you know, you're traveling hundreds of miles yeah. or, you know, or maybe even if you're hunting right around your area, you know, trying to get in the backcountry yeah. before first light. It's not, you don't get to pick your days based on moon phase. The only thing I can definitively say that I have observed is once the rut starts around Halloween, that if there's a full moon, the mornings can be a little bit slow. But about three or four o'clock in the afternoon, those bucks seem to be on their feet and moving. And I saw that on this hunt. 
too. And that we, makes we sense. We saw it yesterday. Yeah. Remember yesterday we went mm -hmm. out on that point and you spotted that buck? Yep. You're like, hey, there's a buck right there. 3.30 in the afternoon, 4 o'clock, whatever sure. it was, dude. And, and dude, you know, he was, his power steering was out. You know, he was walking all stiff-legged. I didn't see him with any does over there. But, For sure. you know, they're they're out cruising where sometimes, you know, I've been like primo morning, you know, three inches of fresh snow, November 2nd. Man, I'm going to see a buck this morning. And I go out and I find three doe groups and there's not a buck Everything's with them. bedded down. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the does are kind of laying around. And then all of a sudden, two, three, four o'clock, the mountain comes alive. Remember when I was hunting that fence line a couple of days ago and you blew me up, said, dude, you got deer and elk running yeah. everywhere yeah, around were. here. They, yeah. Dude, that's, I, I was wondering that too, if that was anything to do with the full moon, if all of a sudden it was three o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. all of a sudden everything's on its feet, yep. you know? So anyways, that, that's, that's what I'd say about moon phase. Dude, migration. How do you think the migration, like we're hunting at roughly six to 9,000 feet here, maybe 10. Yeah. Um, how do you think the migration affected this hunt? I don't know. It's weird because, so I went clear up to 12,000 feet, still finding deer up there. What day? I can't remember what day I went up there. Um, actually, a lot of deer. Uh, I didn't see anything great, but it's interesting. I definitely think the snow got deer moving out of this mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, I I don't think... I mean, they're definitely not all down. Let's just put it that they're way. Not, I think you no. could find deer At any from the valley floor all the way to the top it, 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 here for it sure. Seems like it. Yep. Yeah, it seems like it. And you know, and like talking, it's very interesting. This year was kind of cool because it's got to be one of the, as far as through the month of October, we literally got no snow to speak of, any measurable amount of any real kind i mean there was a two little three bit inch. In idaho it's yeah on the opener yeah but i noticed deer so i hunted higher than i normally would mm -hmm. and i noticed deer still vacated out of that country it's not snow i think it's more temperature related the freezing or they just come out of that country i don't think it's really weather but i will say here i do think it's more weather mm -hmm. like i don't know and i would love to come here in october and see what it looked like right. early, early october, october you know right. and just Still wonder late. yeah and, and i and i got to observe it a little more than you yeah because uh, i was here earlier and that winter range stuff that we hunted today where that nice buck was had more deer in it like five days ago like not a lot more deer but definitely more bucks mm -hmm. like he was the only buck we saw in there i guess we saw that two point today where like two days after the snow there was a four point Oh, there's a two by three. There's a four point over there. You know, they, they definitely were trying to get down there yeah. and there was a lot more does. Mm -hmm. But then as this weather got mild and we were talking about that this morning on the low, low winter range, you found a bunch of does, yep. just dink bucks. But it, whether there was a reverse migration or not, like, cause it's gotten mild and whether they yes. moved up, I don't know. I mean, this is the great mystery of deer. Yeah, hunting. It's, it is. You know, you don't know, but there's definitely less deer on the winter range. Mm -hmm. So they've either pushed further down in the, cause the winter ranges are huge. Oh, push yeah. further down. You can't look at it all or they've gone back up or, sure. or both or but both. I think it's weird too seeing deer at all. And I wouldn't say they were more congregated at any elevation no, where typically I have almost seen that. Like you almost yeah. get like these lines where like you get to a certain spot and like no deer tracks in the snow. Mm -hmm. And that, and it's really, it wasn't like that this and year. You just leave. Um, but for me, dude, I just, you know, I was here basically three or four days before you. 
and I just decided about the day you got here, I'm done screwing around. I'm hunting the brush. Yeah. Because I was. I was a little confusing because I could see bucks everywhere. But then I finally decided most of the nice bucks I've seen have been mm-hmm. at the brush line. And uh, so that's that's why I got you know ultra-focused on Oki and all that, that country back in there. Uh, we forgot about the buck that I saw yesterday that I videoed, that I got the crappy video of. Oh, yeah. That, uh, and he was a private land buck. But we, we saw a buck yesterday probably but not tw- far on the Not far, up. not far. In fact, I, I hugged that fence line for a while, and then I gave up on him. Um, tw- probably only 25 wide, and I never got to look at his front end. If his front end matches back end, Boone and Crockett buck. His back end, 19-inch yeah. uh, G2s, uh, probably a foot deep, big body. Mm-hmm. Um, the only video I got of him for Travis to see was he was kind of walking away, and it was blurry. I got to see the buck from the side, but I still never could nail down what his front end looked like. And to get a Boone and Crockett buck, you got to have a good front end. It's really hard mm-hmm. to get a Booner. But as soon as Travis looked at the fuzzy video, he goes, that is a big deer. Yeah, that is a big, big which, buck. Because it's a narrow deer tells me you you saw mm-hmm. you saw just the potential yep, of that buck. For so sure, we did see that buck too. Yep. But he was at the brush line too. Yep. Um, uh, so, anyways, uh, what else we got on here? Uh, judging bucks. Uh, what, you want to add anything to like judging bucks? Like we probably looked, but I don't know, forty fifty bucks between us here. We've talked about some of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, it's um, I don't know. It's 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 tough. Um, you get to look at those deer for a minute in the brush or a few minutes, you know, you don't get to see them long. They can be, they can be deceiving. And, you know, and I still wonder sometimes like looking at the buck, it's funny because I, when I looked at that buck down there on the knot, yeah, yeah. I was like convinced he was way better. Or another deer moved down there with a cheater about the same same spot, Mm -hmm. which is not unheard of. It's not, it could be a son and you know, or something similar. And so it's hard to say, you know, it's just always, but man, he looked good, but you got to be careful too. You do. And that's, so what Travis is talking about is when I, when I almost got him and he circled that doe underneath me, even though I didn't almost get him because I didn't even know he was there. Yeah. But, um, when I basically had him in range, all Travis got was a short, crappy video of him. Mm-hmm. And when we looked at it later in the afternoon and, and, and you always got to allow for a buck looking away from you, he, it was, the buck was looking away, but man, he did look good. I was with Travis. I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, 190. Yeah. Wide. Mm-hmm. But then the next looked day wide. when I videoed the buck and, and, and we identified this buck cause he had a four inch cheater on one of his G's and you know, we knew exactly where it was. So the next day I, uh, Travis is hunting in a different place. I told, I told him, Hey man, he's, he's right here. He's on the, he's on the private. I can't do anything about it. He had migrated even lower down there. We knew he wasn't going to come back unless a miracle. And I'm like, uh, I, I'm going to max him out at 185. And Travis was like, really? I was like, yeah, I'll show you the video when we get back tonight. So we, we, we looked at yeah. the video close and when Travis first looked at the video, he's like, dude, that's not him. That's that's a little bit smaller buck. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm with you. That's probably a 185 buck. Yeah. But then we got out his video and really compared them. And, 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 Looks and, pretty close. Oh, my gosh. Yep. It's so hard to say. That's For the thing sure. is it's so hard to say. That's my whole point in this, that they, they could be two different bucks. One was a notch bigger, one, yep. 190. One was a notch smaller, 185. And I, I have you seen this in little micro areas? Oh, yeah, That For the sure. deer have the cheaters Very in the similar, same yes. place? Yeah, it could For be sure. a son. Same genetics. Well, and like, you know, and like the video I have, it's not really definitive, like right. the cheater. And we thought that one, you, you can yeah, actually see two cheaters. Yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, I wanted to mention this, when it's super cold and the mm-hmm. sun starts coming up, mm-hmm. it's one of the hardest times, like... 
Um, heat waves are unbelievable. Are. Like it's just, especially if you're looking a long distance, it's yeah, very hard. Yeah, it's very, very hard. tough. Yeah, and you wouldn't think that with snow on the ground, but there's yeah. such a temperature differentiation uh-huh. when the sun comes up and you got that cold ground and the sun starts warming things up quickly that you're right. It's very hard to judge them, and you yep. were dealing with that just a little bit. So I just wanted to throw that in there that For sure. um, have good glass. Uh, don't be too trigger happy. It is easy to overjudge. I think most guys overjudge myself, yeah. and I did for years. But it it's also not uncommon to underjudge. Huh? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I've had yeah. bucks, like, meh, meh. For sure. And then he moves a little bit. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, what I do? Right, yeah, exactly. For what sure. What I do? <clears throat> Excuse me. No, so. and, and especially, and too, when they're in the brush, like, to this morning, when I first got a glimpse of that buck. Mm-hmm. The one that the one that, that we the passed, ridge. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, the one we passed, yeah. the one seventy. I mean, when I first got a glimpse of him, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll well, you, you we'll we'll put up the picture, and you guys can see it. But when I first got a glimpse of him, and all I couldn't, so his head's not there. All I can see is his ears, and like a little bit of his neck. So I'm not looking at his body. I'm looking at his head in the brush. And I mean, when you see tine sticking out. Like, I mean, it can make them look way bigger, like, you know, and then when I got, and, and I was honestly, for a minute, I was thinking, is Robbie nuts? That ain't the same buck. Mm -hmm. For a second I did. And then I watched him for a minute. I got to see his body and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. And yeah. And that's, that's part of this whole judging buck thing is, and that's why sometimes you can have the best intention and still screw up on a small buck if you don't have time to look at it. For sure. And, um, uh, and no shame in that. That happens to all of us. Oh yeah. That's just part of it. I had a dollar for every buck I, yeah. Yeah. That you, that you overjudged. Yeah. But if you yeah. can take a minute to look at them mm-hmm. and if, you know, just, just have good glass, have quick, uh, a quick release plates on your tripods, you know, all that stuff. I learned that from you with my binoculars because yeah. I never ran quick releases on my binoculars. And then I no, realized, it's a big oh, that's deal. A, yeah, save seconds. And sometimes that's all you get to look at. And I think it's important too, if you're, this is a good time. Like, so as the day progresses, I was switching from a side-by-side to my mule out of my truck. Mm -hmm. Like, as I'm going to different places, the days would progress. And I I still, to this day, see guys using a window mount Mm -hmm. that's a completely different system than what they're using. And messing around with all that time. And I really think, like, the outdoorsman system. I can't say it enough. I think it's the best system. Like you can put it on the window, everything. everything I can go back to my window mount. I can go back and all my of my tripod, stuff. Yep. All of like my binoculars, everything. And it's not messing around with going back and forth. And it's just, it just makes you everything more convenient and, you know, to switch back and forth for my binoculars, my spotting scope. I do it so much throughout the day. Like it's, I mean, when we were sitting there glassing for four hours today, I'll bet if you counted how many times I went back and forth from my spotting scope to my binoculars, dude, I'll bet it had to have been 35, 40 yep. times. Yep, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and Travis is right. When you mix systems, when I first met Travis, I had the outdoorsman's window mount, but I was still running a Manfrotto-style plate on my tripod. So, yeah, I was constantly switching, mm-hmm. and I hunted with him for about a day, and I'm like, well, this is dumb. I'm waiting. Yeah. I mean, he's seeing way more bucks than me, judging them faster than me because I'm back there, you know, screwing around with my plate. So, yeah, I went full outdoorsman on mine too, and it, it does make a difference. And it, I don't know about you, Travis, but even when we're fast, isn't it? Doesn't every year go by and there's two or three bucks that you saw with your binoculars yes. that you never got the spotter on for well, whatever reason? So, I, and years ago that used to happen to me um, 
more than it does now now i really try i am so fat like i'm so smooth yep. and again i'm gonna argue why straight is better than angled and i don't care what yeah, anybody ever tells just a minute. me yep. but a straight spotting scope so if you're glassing with binoculars i do not think a straight spotting scope can be beat and i would argue this to the day i die the second you pull your binoculars so if i let's say i'm glassing with my 15s my 10s all of my systems are the same i'm all on outdoorsman so let's say in my 15s i got this buck can't tell what he is i don't move anything with my tripod right. and i tune <coughs> that's the other thing i tune all of my base plates so they hit the exact same spot on the hill so like they're not crooked and what i mean by that is on the bottom of your spotting scope if that's turned a little bit you'll be like yep. when you right. put it on it'll be looking be at, at so i tune angles. it all perfect lock tight them on there because i never take them off and literally it's as soon as i pull my 15s off i grab my spotting scope whether it's my compact or a 65 or my 85 swarovski it goes right onto my outdoorsman's base plate slides right in and as soon as i put my eye up i am looking at the exact spot i just took it off of when you're messing with an angle and i have watched guys and I, i've heard them argue me. this to me they're over there having to drop, drop their, their column, their column, or adjust or, legs, mm -hmm, yeah. whatever, and then they're having to hunt that deer again. Well, when it's in brush and with big yep. bucks, yep. he a lot yep. of times you just don't get the time. Yep, I'm with you, bro. Even though I've run ran angled, I've seen that with you. Travis probably spots twice as much game as I do, faster than me. Some of it might be my 55 year old eyes, but um, <laughs> uh, but no, he's really fast at getting from binoculars to spotter. And so that's a thousand dollar tip, you guys. That's just something I didn't even think about five years ago. Yep. I had everything, and um, um and and, and you, it, it, it's amazing even when you do it right, how fast these bucks will be out where you can see them and then and then they're gone yes. and it's not like they migrated five miles away no they just move back behind something and you can't see them and then you don't know god do i sit here all day yeah. was that a 140 buck that looked you like could a waste five days you can yeah, i mean you can happen. you could see a buck in your binoculars and think is that's a shooter buck mm -hmm. and you miss him going into the trees or the brush and so you sit there waiting for five days where if you would have been fast and got right on that buck within seconds before he went into the trees. It it could have been it could have been like oh that's just another buck You're and you exactly move right, on. Bro. And that's what's happened to me is like missing him. And that's the other thing when I sit down and I, I still make this mistake sometimes or when I'm in my truck I always have everything ready. Like so when I mean that like I, I usually put my spotting scope in some sort of a case. I'll always pull it out of the case. I'll pull the lens caps off of it mm -hmm. and it's ready to go. And the other thing that I do have to say and like the all in digiscoping adapter i love it for the speed yep. my phone i can have that on there so fast yep. getting like i should have never even got video of that buck the first day honestly mm -hmm. that short but it was already boom i was on yep. there and got was. a little video yep. and at least you have something to go back on and i think it's very important to whether you're hunting deer elk whatever antelope i think it's very important sometimes to use use what you have like use your phone get some digiscope yep. and then if you get a 
video of a buck right before it last light, you can answer a lot of questions just slowing down exactly. and going back or instead of trying to go off your memory, like, wait, was that cheater on the G2, G3? Where, where was that cheater or which side was it on? everything's all answered when you have video evidence yep. and there's no excuse for it anymore. Like Not I think, anymore. It's so I mean, fast. and it doesn't matter what phone you have, you can make it work with anything. Yeah. We video everything. Optics. Now. Travis yeah. and I video everything. Uh, just what he's talking about here, just to answer questions, we get back, compare mm -hmm. them. Is the same buck, different buck, mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. Because, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of giants around. I'm, I'm looking for the buck that I don't even need to set the spotter on. For sure. I know you've killed right. some of those before yep. that you just look through the binoculars. You don't no, even judge them, for right? For sure. That yeah, but that's like once every three years, yes. you know, four years that yep. that happens. And I'm just like, no question I'm shooting. But, you know, a lot of these bucks, you're trying to decide, is this a 170 or is this a 185? Mm -hmm. You know, and unfortunately, with the avail availability of tags, that's kind of where the DIY hunters at um so you'd mentioned the allen um and and it is fast you've got the they, they, they've definitely nailed down the uh indexing and what i mean by that is how fast you can get it on there yep. i'm running the mag view they're rockslide sponsor they, they supplied all my gear uh I've, i'm very happy with my mag view but i will never argue the point that you're faster on the gun than i am that, um, uh, yeah the mag view i like because it's just that minimalistic it, little that plate it's tiny awesome that you get to use all of your cameras like you know that all your cameras on your phone are available whether yep. you're you know yep. doing whatever stuff and it just takes up no room like you do you you would never even know i never that take was. that thing off do you take your all and off in the off season i don't i yeah, well so there's so bigger no in your season. pocket yeah there is no off season what a stud <laughs> travis doesn't have to go back Always to work glassing. like the rest of it <laughs> No, he's right though. But anyways, yeah, but, but you're right. This whole thing on judging bucks, a yeah. lot of times is critical seconds. It, it really is. As I sit back and think of a lot of the big bucks I've been involved with, I really like sitting back. I don't like most of them have been really, I did not have any time. Yep. Like no it was time. quick. Give you no time. And that's just, and it's just like the nature of them, I think yep, is a is. lot of times. And especially if you're hunting on public land or, you know, these easier to get these really rare bucks have just went through so much to get there. Or it's like the last couple minutes of light or the first couple minutes of light, or that just seems like where they are. They're in the cover. It's just, it's never, he's out wandering around in the opening for 30 minutes and you get it just never seems like that's it, it, how it, it is for exactly me. They, they they know if they're if they're out of the cover they know it's trouble mm -hmm. and it's just like kenobi he seems to know where that line is and oh, when yeah. he comes up on the public yeah. um he's there for just a minute or two and then he's gone but when he's out on the private he's just wandering around oh, yeah. we, we found yeah, for him for sure several times middle of the day just laying around yep. i mean they they just know and, uh, and i imagine that buck's six seven years old you know he's gone through a lot he mm -hmm. knows and Okay, cool. So that's our, our segment on judging bucks. Um, the ATC versus the CTC. We're both running Suaro's compact spotter, and uh, Travis just made the case for the for the straight. I wouldn't argue against him. The uh, the straight is faster. I've stayed with the angle because I can run a shorter tripod, um, and it'll fit in my day pack. But I really am rethinking about selling this and going with a straight because of what you said of being able to get it on on and off without having to move my binoculars. Dude, are, are you proud of me? Did you notice I had the outdoorsman's put the stud I did. in my eight? Yeah. I'm proud yeah, of I you. Yeah, I do. That does. It, and yeah, and that's another thing is if time. you are an, a guy that runs ELs, if you have SLCs or the new NLs, it's super easy to add an outdoorsman stud. Yep. But it's well worth to send it down to them. If you're running ELs, whether they're the EL range or just ELs, mm -hmm send it down to them, have them press that stud in it, and it is so awesome. It is, like, dude. And a lot of people 
like to run bigger binoculars off of a tripod. Man, I have my tens on my tripod all the time, and I love and it. You like, see a I lot love of games more than anybody view. I've ever hunted with, like, more than me. Love the field of view and just. It, it, I, and being steady and taking that whole rocking or the whole little bit of motion and you might not even catch it i really think tripoded up and i still see guys to this day not running binoculars on a tripod and i'm just like man you yeah. guys are missing out yeah, so exactly. much i've learned i've learned that hunting with you just how important that is and i've always put my binoculars on the tripod as in held them on the tripod mm-hmm. with my hand you know which for if you just got to stop yeah. and look real quick that can for work sure. but uh but mounting them on a tripod and even eights yes. under a mile are so powerful. It's mounted. unbelievable. Yeah, when you have that big field of view, mm-hmm. and and we tested this on his Swarovski NLs versus my his are in ten, and my yep. ELs which are in eight, his NLs have the same uh, field of view. Yes, I or you, it's not unnoticeable to my eyes. Yeah. So running a ten, that's why I really like the. That's why I, those NLs are just the, the best. If they class would put I've a ever. range finder in one, I would have one tomorrow. And see, and, I, and I've just never been a guy who <laughs> wanted. I feel like I was always giving up with the range finder. Yep. I don't know. You are. You do. You give like up a you little, up little some, bit of optical yep. clarity and everything. So, and then bow hunting. I just I can't run. I tried them for a while. I cannot hold them steady enough to get a good range and do it quickly. And that was back when the button was on the left side. Yeah, now they've moved I was like right. this. Yeah. But you know what? They moved it to the right and it made it a little more convenient, but I can't say it's, it's any better. I was, I was still able to do it with my left hand. Really? So, yeah. yeah. I was. Yeah. I like it on the right, but yeah. you know, it wasn't like all of a sudden it's just gangbusters cause it's on the right. So anyways. Okay. So, uh, ATC versus CTC. One thing I can say, I don't care whether you go with the angled or the, uh, They're a sweet they little spotter. They are a sweet they little are. spotter, dude. The digiscoping quality in them is so good because you've got that big, big field of view in them and high resolution. For sure. And you can get your, uh, whether you're on a mag view or all, and you can get your digi or your camera so close mm-hmm. to the lens. So anyways, highly recommend them. Um, so our tent here, usually we stay in Travis's wall tent and uh, uh, I love it. It's what, what is your tent? 10 by 12? Um, I think it's a 12 by 4. 12 by 14. And I had Big Davis. Yep. Yeah, Davis. Da- yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, Davis. They're a rock slide sponsor too. Good tents. But it it it's a little harder to set up. For it's sure. It's almost better little, with yeah. two guys if you yep. got a frame and everything. For sure. If you're alone, it's probably, what, 45 minutes getting that eh, thing set up? Yeah, probably. I mean, if you get good and you label everything up nice, Which I think I you could maybe do a little faster. <laughs> but And it's organized. But it definitely is a time. It takes time for sure. Yeah, it does. It does. And especially if you're by yourself, mm-hmm. when, you, when you go to raise the tent, that's the hardest yes. part is raising the tent. So I've always been a teepee guy uh, just because I inherited an army name. Navy TP tent when I was like 19 years old and I've worn two of them out. These are 60, 70 year old tents, but they're awesome. Uh, but you can't really put two or three guys in them. So for this year, because I knew I, t- uh, I was going to come to this hunt before Travis got here, um, I have ran tent TP. That's a brand. That's a, a, a Mansfield Outdoors is the distributor. Uh, they're a rock slide sponsor. He's been with us since 2017. His name is Tom's Mansfield. Uh, Google him. But they make a whole tent TP system. And he's actually the distributor. These are your European tents. Um, I think they're Nordic, uh, whatever, whatever those those countries are there that are Nordic. I don't know my, ge- my, ge- uh, my geography very well, but hardcore teepee tents. And so I decided, 
and they're easy to set up because it's just a single pole and you just raise them. So I, I, I ran um, a Sapphire 9 in 2017, just did a rock side Which was the same brand. Same brand. Or the same tent, tent same, basically. Same exact just a, tent yeah. now. And, um, but it, two guys could stay in it. You totally could. But if it's going to be your cook tent, your sleep tent, everything yeah. tent, you know, you're kind of, it, it gets busy. It mm-hmm. gets busy in there. Put it that way. So um, I reached out to Tom at Mansfield and said, hey, man, I, I got to run something bigger than a 9. What do you got? He didn't even hesitate. He says, there's a Sapphire 15-man tent. Like, 15-man. He says, yeah, it's huge. It's got a 20-foot footprint, a diameter. So they're a circular tent. And you can set, you could set a 9 by 9 wall tent up inside of them. I measured. So they're they're huge. They really are. But they're it's just a different technology because they don't have straight walls like a wall tent. The the stand-up space isn't quite as efficient, mm-hmm. but it's still pretty good. And uh, so anyways, I had Tom send me one, just a loaner. Uh, these are not cheap tents. You could buy a good used pickup for one. But uh, I had him send me a loaner and said, hey, I'll try it. I'll do a review on it. Uh, but my real motivation was I just, I, I mean, you know, between work and getting here hundreds of miles away, you know, I knew I was going to get here in the afternoon. I didn't want to mess with the wall tent. So I had this tent up in 10 minutes, Yeah, uh, usable shelter in 10 minutes with a 20 foot diameter in it. And then it takes longer than 10 minutes if you want to pull all the guys out and really inflate your walls and everything. Um, but it, man, it was sweet. And sure enough, the, the, the rain and snow started that night. So and I, was I think really it's really glad I had it up. I think what I love about it is it's like, it's a light canvas. Yep. It's not a heavy canvas. So it it breathes really quite well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just not that wet condensated feeling with like your seat or, Mm -hmm. um, I really like that. I, I, I don't know why, but there's just something comfortable about a canvas tent. There is. Like, they're just, they're really... The breathability. Yes. The breathability. They're just Like, even in the in the heart of that storm, we had six inches of wet, sevy snow. Yeah, if you brushed up against the wall, your sleeve got a little bit wet, but no dripping. Yeah. And on a sill nylon... It, 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 maybe it wouldn't have been dripping all over in it. Boy, if you bumped it, it yes, would have made the tent rain. For sure. You, you, you're yep. literal rainstorm in it. Yep. You don't see that with canvas. And so with this this whole tent, this this 15-man uh, Sapphire uh, Flex 15, it's called, uh, weighs 55 pounds, and, you know, so, which is pretty hefty. Yeah. It's not really a pack-in tent. It could be. Yeah, could be, could be, but perfect for road. One guy setting up and everything. So really happy with it. The reason it's called a Sapphire uh, uh, Flex is because you can flex it into a canopy. I can raise this whole front end right here. And for people that are interested, just go to uh, uh, Mansfield Outdoors. You'll see it on there. And so think of like family camping and stuff like that. You could turn it into a canopy where you can walk in and underneath. I think it'd be an awesome summertime. family type tent. Yeah. Like yeah. summer. And that's the other coolest thing is this ventilation. The whole ventilation system. Dude, it's amazing. Like, well, we're sitting in here right now. It's warm outside. It's 60 degrees. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. warm. In any other teepee that I have, I'd be roasted out, and I wouldn't be sitting in here during, you know, when the sun's beating on it. Mm -hmm. And Robbie popped this top open, got the door open. Mm -hmm. It's the same temperature in here as it is outside, but we're sitting in the shade. And that's what the amazing thing about these tents are, is you can, when he says... pop the top open yeah just think of an indian teepee yes with an open top it's cool but it's got a a system a a elastic band system a draw cord system where i can close the top and save heat or i can open the top and ventilate and if people won't believe this you can run an open fire on the floor in this thing the Rockcast is powered by the number one gps hunting app in the industry onyx hunt 
The Onyx Hunt Elite subscription will provide way more value than the $100 annual fee will cost you, and that's before you apply the 20% Rockcast promo code. You'll use Onyx on every hunt, every planning session, and now save money with exclusive deals on gear from the industry's best. Onyx Elite also includes application and draw odds tools, educational resources for all species, exclusive mapping and scouting tools, and last but not least, access to nationwide coverage and now Canada. Onyx Hunt Elite is trusted by millions. Onyx has also released new features to help make hunters more successful. Already known for nationwide public and private land ownership and being a fully functional GPS without service, Onyx Hunt has just released new aerial imagery options like Leaf Off, recent imagery updated every two weeks with historic look back and imagery on demand. On top of that, Onyx is reinventing the trail camera market by syncing your hunt app with multiple cell camera manufacturers and helping organize and analyze your photos. You can also now view your maps in Dash when driving to your next hunting location. These are just a few of the many updates Onyx has for this hunting season. So try Onyx Hunt for free for seven days or go to onyxmaps.com and use promo code ROCKCAST for 20% off your new Onyx Hunt membership. If you go to uh, the Rockslide YouTube channel, look at the, the Sapphire uh, Nine Man. I pr actually ran an open fire in that one as part of that review, and it works. I mean, it, the, the smoke goes out as long as you get the ventilation set up right and everything. You know, you might smell a little bit of smoke, but it surprises you. I mean, the Native Americans knew what they were doing. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't want to run a, run one in here, you know, be messing with wood and everything. But they're that versatile. So I'm thinking, like for family camping, you know, pull the kids oh, in, yeah. build a fire on the floor. No, it would be mean, super cool. It is cool. And that, that top, so then with the draw cord system, I could pull it down. And like last night when you were out there taking care of the horses and everything, um, I still had the top open from the heat of the day and I forgot about it. Forgot it was open. I didn't look up. So I'm in here running two two buddy heaters. I'm like, wow, it's kind of cold in here. Why is it not warming up? It's not that cold. And then I remembered <laughs> I left the top open. So I just pulled those draw cords. Boom, that came down. That and quick. In, instant heat. So they're a very versatile system. Travis, you didn't even see this. There's also vents along the skirt too. Oh, yeah. So, dude, I can provide even more ventilation in here even without turning it into a canopy so See, anyways yeah and i think to the drying rack or i don't even know is that's that what it's, it a is. Support, it's a support but oh. it's so cool it's up above like way i mean i'm six one no way i'm gonna hit my head on it's i got plenty of room to stand yep, up it's, it's and a hang stuff ring. yeah it's cool how they built that in and robbie's got um extra coats um hanging <laughs> and it's right there it's cool yeah, and 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 so the whole drying rack sits probably about what is that about seven feet eight feet up there yeah and um it's just a circular ring made of tent poles and you, you, you put it up there and then i brought hangers and you can hang your clothes up there but the great thing about it is it's it, the cool thing about teepees versus wall tents is all the heat is concentrated in a small space at the top and so you can dry boots and yes. everything a lot faster in my other teepees that i've ran i've measured the temperature up there when it's like seven or 80 down here mm -hmm. where you're living it's 100 degrees up there yeah. i stuck a thermometer up there on a stick and measured it before i'm sure so it's amazing how 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 you can get stuff dry so anyways take take a look at that they supplied the tent for this hunt as a loner tom thank you so much for trusting us with this Great tent. and uh, let's see travis you know what we didn't talk about glassing conditions oh we, yeah we touched on it real quick but um we went through <laughs> from great I... glassing conditions to when you got here were yes. bad glassing conditions for anybody that knows who who Bev 
Doolittle is. <laughs> B.V. Doolittle. Go Google it and look me. at her paintings. She's the lady that, 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 that paints the paint horses, and she always puts them in a, in a background of like aspens and rocks and stuff like that, and they're very hard to see. Think of Where's Waldo without the people. And so <laughs> well, Travis and I were talking about this the other day. When he first got here, he's like, man, he goes, I got here at about the worst glassing conditions. Go ahead and describe to the listeners yeah. what you mean by the and worst so- glassing conditions. I would take, so snow that's came in and then melted. That's the hardest thing to see for me. So I use the background, like, so if you have a snow covered, everything's snow covered, obviously deer are going to just pop out. You can see them from a long time. But if there's no snow, a buck's white face Mm-hmm. and a buck's white ass is mm-hmm. very easy to see it is. mule deer like i use that all the time i'm always looking for the color white mm-hmm. or i'm opposite well when you have snow so basically think of there's snow like it's pretty much melted you have grass exposed all of the rocks are melted off all of the brush is melted off but you have this white all over in just patches of snow it always makes things very difficult to see deer there's just so many natural patches and the way that the snow will melt it'll almost give like hard lines that's the other thing i look for when i'm glassing is like a hard line whether it's back belly neck whatever like a hard definitive line will snow when it melts will often leave hard definitive lines whether it's around rocks whatever and it just makes it very for me it's the hardest glassing conditions like a melting snow that you can just see a little bit of like you know white in the background but that to me that's the hardest conditions there are to glass it is it is and you talked you talk about definitive lines and um in nature there's not a lot of definitive mm-hmm. lines that are horizontal. Yes. Vertical, yes. Yes. Trees. Yep. And you get some horizontal when you get into the brush zone and everything, but it's still crooked. Mm-hmm. And Always. deer, you just nailed it. That's why I want to hit it again. Their, 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 their legs yep. um, have a definitive line. Mm-hmm. Their, 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 their neck, their, um, where their esophagus is. Yep. Um, and then the, the top of their neck, too. And their back line, man, a lot of times that's that's the first thing that draws mm-hmm. your eyes to it. Even if they're out in the open. Yes. I'm not even talking about an obscure sure. deer. Yep. Even if they're out in the open, it's like that's the first thing that your eye catches. And so mm-hmm. people are always, you know, asking for glassing tips and everything. And I, sometimes I don't know what to say. I'm like, do you grid? Do you not grid? I don't think I grid that much. I try to grid I, I to don't. make sure I cover the hill. Yeah. But I'm looking for things like what you just said. And, 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 I, and, I, and I don't want to add to this or have you clarify Big white butts. We like big white butts. Yes. And we, 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 we spot a lot of big bucks that way. But it's more effective, it seems like, from about the middle of October on when the That's deer true, have gotten for sure. fully gray. That's true. Right. Yes. And so it's not this a great tip to early October. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder. The deer, they're, they're not in their summer coats, and they are gray. But for whatever reason, that white face, yes. especially on the older bucks, and that white uh, but is not as striking as it is for now. Sure. And so that's a tip for everybody right there. If you're hunting brush bucks and when the leaves are off the trees by that time, man, pay attention to anything that is white. And when we were riding out today, because yeah. I've ridden that trail like five times this week and today was the first day you've ridden it in the daylight. Um, I saw you stop and look at that white rock 
right before always. the trails. Yeah, always. <laughs> exactly. And, I, and there is. There's a white rock down in the trees. Busted me yep. first two or three times I rode by it. I would yep. stop and go, "Oh my gosh, there's a buck right there!" Yeah. And it's only about a six-inch white patch, which matches their throat yes. or their face, yep. or and not their butt. Their butt would be. And I, and I saw you yeah. looked at that. Yeah. Anyways, there's a glass and tip for anybody hunting um, uh, sagebrush bucks, um, oak brush bucks, maple bucks, anything that's lost the tree, uh, lost the leaves, even aspens, even though they're yes. white, because that's all a vertical white. And it's it is a, a different, um, it's like a different tone it's like to me. like cream white. Yeah, it's just different. And the deer looks like, if you see one bedded in aspens, it's just, it's different. Like if you glass over it, you'll see this white that's like, so if there's no snow on the ground, that'll just kind of pop. To me, it pops to me. And I can't tell you how many bucks I have bedded because of their face, the mm-hmm. white face. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're seeing. And that give, has given away so many deer to me. And then you talked about the throat patch. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Like yep. whether they're sitting there and sometimes that sun's just hitting right on their face or whatever it is. It, but it's very definitive. And I think a lot of people don't realize how white a old buck's face is. Mm-hmm. Very white. In fact, mm-hmm. I can pretty much like that morning. So it's dark. I look up there. I knew which were the bucks and which were the does just by the, the faces. The morning he spotted Kenobi. Yep, yeah. the, just by the faces. And I mean, and I it was so dark, I was really just making, it was hard to tell antler configuration right at first. But like that is such a dead giveaway. Like when I see that, especially this time of year, once you get the closer to the rut you get, they just turn, I don't know, it's just a bright white yeah, to me. That's a $1,000 tip, people. Yeah. That's a million-dollar tip. Travis yeah. and I have probably spent a million dollars between yeah, us, hundred bucks for 20 yeah. years, realizing <laughs> that, man, do not ignore white yeah. this time of year. So, very cool. Um, let's see. So, Travis, we talked about a bunch of gear. Uh, what was your best piece of gear for this hunt? What could you, could you name one thing that was like, that was my go-to piece of gear? Do, do I... I sound like a broken record, but man, I love the outdoorsman glassing system. Gotcha. I am like, and I've been I've been using outdoorsman. Oh, geez, a long time, and I'm just so convinced it is the best to be able to use to switch. You know, from a window mount, like especially on a hunt like this. There's a lot of hunts where I get on my mule and go for a few days, and I'm I'm on just using the same thing but when you're switching from window mount to i grab my compact spotter maybe my 65 millimeter when i'm in the truck i got an 85 millimeter mm-hmm. every one of them has the outdoorsman's base plate on yeah. it i can switch eyepieces out back when i was running the btx i could switch that that had outdoors everything i have is outdoorsman and i also you know i have I, I use three different tripods. So I got kind of a middle of the road, like a medium sized tripod, a little one. And the coolest part about outdoorsman, and we, I don't know if we mentioned this, but the head. So you can pull their well, which head. Which head are you running? Though? So I run the pan head. That's what I'm running too. Yeah. And head. then I also have the fluid head, which is super sweet. And that goes on my big tripod that I can stand it's behind. Stuff, and yeah. I can put all my stuff on. I still put my tens, everything on there. The system all works the same. Same. but the standard pan head is one of the greatest designs the coolest part about it is, is so their window mount to change from my window mount to any of my tripods i have one of their quick release plates mm-hmm. so i just hit the quick release it's a dovetail i pull it off i can put it on my window mount that fast yep. i put it back on any other tripod that fast 
a lot of times I'm sitting there debating, do I want to take this little tiny tripod on my mule or should I take my middle one? It doesn't matter. I can just swap them back and forth. I even have an outdoorsman base plate, mm -hmm. Robbie, on that super light tripod. Remember, yeah, the, 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 I, I put yeah. that on there just so I can continue to use all my stuff. I refuse. If I have to touch an Allen wrench, I, I never will do time. it again. Yeah, you're talking about the... Um, the tent pole tripod. Yes. Um, Super light. I, I want to say Stone Glacier, but it's not Stone it's Glacier. It's uh, Gra uh, Granite Peak yes, tripod yep. um, by KDC. Yep, uh, the, that's like, on the Rock Slide YouTube channel. I did a review on them in 2017. It is the lightest tripod in for existence. Sure. It's But it's very specialized. Yeah. It wouldn't be for a hunt like yeah. this. I use that on the on the backcountry when I'm hiking 10,000 foot peaks and I just want to keep the weight as low as possible. But what your whole point is, you yeah. convert that to outdoorsman too. Yeah, so. and that's what, and like a lot of people, so you buy. A standard window mount. I think the base plate or the quick release plate, I could be wrong, but it's like 15, 20 yeah, bucks. Right. Have that on everything. And you can put that that pan head that you invested in, you know, and there's 400, three, 400 bucks. You can put that on anything you have and just move it from your yeah. window mount over. And then the other thing that I just kills me is guys fumbling and they'll just be fumbling with their system like they don't know it and i used to have this problem so i would run like a old ball head on a window mount mm -hmm. this was yeah. years ago and so i'd get that one figured out and then i'd switch over to like a pan head style and oh i'd be you know All messing with it are different i know the where are every lever yeah. what everything yep. does to release to yep. put everything back in it's just a super super slick awesome. design so, so it's definitely even though favorite. outdoorsman is a rock slide sponsor travis can say whatever he wants they yeah i'm not they don't pay me they <laughs> never give me Nothing discount. to do with the episode yeah, at all. That yeah, was his no, number yeah, one piece of for gear. Sure. Uh, dude, so I have two two uh, pieces of gear on here. My ATC is awesome. I love it. But, dude, the for this trip, it's got to go to my horse. He was my he was oh, my yeah. number one piece of gear. I there. think I put 50 miles on him. Dude, I'm 54. I got a bad knee. He he keeps me out there in places that, would, that I probably could not hunt like I did when I was your age. How old are you? 35, 35. 36. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm uh, 19 years older than you. And, uh, um, uh, so it was my horse. He, sure. he, he got me in and out of the country. There were some places I took him that I thought, Oh, this was a waste today. I mean, I spent all this time saddling, trailing him. I didn't need it, but I, but I love to have him. There was a couple of days he just stood out there by the trailer and I didn't even use him for sure. Um, you know, there's short places I'll hike and everything, but I, I definitely got the mileage on him. Um, and then my second best piece of gear my foam earplugs because natural born <laughs> hunter can sing a tune from basically 9 p.m to 4 a.m man i at first i thought somebody started a chainsaw because we're camped at a trailhead and i thought well people come up here and cut firewood <laughs> but do they cut firewood at midnight and i'm like oh my gosh that's travis and and you know a lot of people do a real steady snore you know <laughs> Travis is more like he's he's wrestling with a bear. It's like, <laughs> and then it's quiet, and it's just enough, dude, that you kind of slip back into sleep. And then all of a sudden, I do a whole nother tune. <laughs> It's like, whoa, man. So, it, it's so sorry, the buddy. funniest part about this is no, Robbie I was. Snore. I don't snore. <laughs> yeah, Robbie was mentioning uh, my snoring, and I was, I, I was thinking the same thing. There was one point that he stopped breathing, and I heard him gasp for air, and I thought he's just had a heart attack. He's went down. Like I'm, and I'm wondering, should I go over and wake him up? Maybe hit the inReach and get medevac coming, or, and then of course it started right back 
up and he was Dude, back I don't at believe it. him. My wife has said that stuff for years. I have never heard myself snore. I think it's a conspiracy. Well, you I and her have heard Ben it. talking. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a that's a piece of advice for everybody seriously take your plugs you never know who you're going to end up with in your tent uh dude <laughs> best food man what was the best food you had while you were here um it definitely was not um the gizzards dude dude that's what i got on my list dude the best food i the best meal i had was i got backstraps from last year's buck <laughs> i saved them for this hunt because when you're in a road camp man you can eat good no freeze-dried. Freeze-dried is banned from this See, camp. yeah, you can eat good. Why would you bring back straps and gizzards? Dude, that is the, was the best meal I had. And, and I, I've always called them gizzards. You can, yeah, to Travis, it's I guts. mean, it's a little bit racist, but he says, I thought they just, the Mexican people bought those. He goes, I didn't know any white people bought them. I'm like, oh man, they are, <laughs> they are good, man. They're high in iron, low in fat. And uh, so I had never heard anybody say this before. He's like, dude, those are chicken guts. I'll bet there's not one other listener that's listened to this that have ever brought chicken guts to camp. Blow up our Instagram <laughs> on Rock Slide. You're going to comment on the book. I want to hear of anybody that eats chicken gizzards at Deer Camp. It was the best meal I had. <laughs> Venison backstrap and chicken gizzards and baked beans. So I honestly thought, I honestly thought he was pulling my leg. So I was down glassing for him, down, way down low. And I was going to beat him back to camp. And he says to me, hey, he's all, there's gizzards in the, in the cooler. <laughs> Um, just get, and I thought he was kidding me. And I, I wrote back, that's a hard no for me. I will cook you burgers. Like I am not cooking chicken gizzards. And I thought he was just kidding. No, he was serious. He had chicken gizzards. You didn't call them chicken gizzards, dude. I said chicken guts. Yeah. I know. I can't get it that's out of my mind. That's what they are. So I just decided that's what I'm going to call them. When I'm, you, I'm having chicken guts. When you, notes. when you buy a chicken, a whole chicken, the guts are all, or, or for all the bird hunters, there it's all guts, gizzards. Dude, that Liver, is the it's best all guts. Throw stuff, it away. Man. Eat the meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying that's the one that gets the it's the oh, best meal geez. for me. But your Johnsonville brat that you made last night was They're a close good. second. They're good. All right. Did you have anything else that was um, good? Snacks? Anything? No, just I just eat normal people food. Yeah. yeah. Hot dogs for <laughs> breakfast, hamburgers for dinner, no vegetables. Travis has not touched a vegetable since we've yeah. been here. Just, I gave him some well, baked beans the other night. That's kind of vegetable, and he vegetables. ate a little bit. Yeah. No, I'm going to eat meat. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. You don't eat much. Burgers, um, bratwurst. They're just pretty easy, you know, on the grill. Um I'm a big hard-boiled egg fan too. I have those every morning for breakfast. So you just pre-make them. My before wife you come? actually bought these cool little packs at Costco. So there's these individually sealed packs, and I actually you can throw them in your pack. You can throw them in. I you didn't see me eating one this no, morning. No, I never did. I never see yeah, it, dude. But no, I just I throw it in. Um, pack out there and i'm sitting out on the ridge and yeah just so those are pretty good um that's kind of some of my i don't know i just like to mix it up and eat different i don't know uh, i notice you're pretty efficient in the mornings like i get up probably two hours before i leave you know i'm messing around making oh yeah, coffee me. you know making breakfast and i don't eat anything crazy breakfast you know oatmeal and bananas and stuff like that dude when travis's alarm goes off he throws open his sleeping bag and he stands up. He's already dressed. Yep. You go to bed in your clothes every night, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Already dressed, throws his boots on. And dude, some days he's out the tent in 
a minute. I don't even know what's happening. I'm like, hey, what what are we doing today? All right, all right, I'm headed down here. And I never see the dude eat. Like, he goes on a, on, on a fast the whole time we're here. So I'm not very efficient in the mornings, I learned, man. I got to get up early. So uh, Well, and I, I think, like, for me, I really do try to just maximize sleep. Um, I'm super comfortable sleeping in... So I obviously I'm not sleeping in my in my coat and all that right, stuff. Right, but your your clothes you never pretty much you're never yeah. Taking I'm those totally pants comfortable. Off all week. Yeah. Well, I've switched them out a few you times. Switched them yeah. out. They don't look like they're, it. they definitely yeah. don't smell like it. <laughs> but you are efficient. You yeah. just jump right yep. up and go. I notice I'm up 45 minutes yeah, earlier I, than you, and you're usually out of camp before me. Yeah. I'm like, wait, yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> the, the, this morning, the, yeah. like, well, or the day that the time changed. Yeah. That really messed me up. And Travis is just like, oh, no, this is what's going on. This is when we got to be there. Okay, so let's see. Let's wrap this up. Um, dude, you and I get accused a little bit of being a little too optimistic about deer hunting. For sure. And, um, uh, you know, maybe we're a little naive. You know, deer hunting's pretty bad and, you know, it's gone to hell and all this other stuff. And maybe it has. I don't know. But, um, uh, you know, I've, I've lived in a state my whole, it's introduced wolves and, you know, all, all these things and... You know, I, I, I really got into deer hunting in the 90s when deer hunting was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talked about this on a couple episodes ago. I hear guys saying, oh, the buck hunting was a lot better in the 90s. Well, man, not in the places I hunted it wasn't. You know, yeah. Colorado was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think it's better now in Colorado than it was in the in the 90s myself, you know. And then when Colorado went limited quota in 99, that all changed. got freaking super awesome. Um, and then it kind of slid back for various reasons. But, um, you know, Idaho, dude, Idaho was tough in the 90s. You know, it really was. I thought it was better in the 2000s up to, like, 2016. So, anyways, the reason I'm bringing all this up is people just are always saying, oh, you know, you know, I don't know how you keep a positive attitude. Maybe you shouldn't even keep a positive attitude. You know, maybe it's even a little bit naive. You know, deer hunting's bad. But you had a listener reach out to you. Yeah, and it was cool. Um, said, just tell people what yeah, he said. Yeah, so I, and I, I, I won't mention his name, but I had a listener reach out. And he was like, you know, I was sitting, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts. And he's like, you always seem to portray this uh like it's as good or like this awesome <laughs> or about deer hunting that, or that things are good. But you're going to get a big buck. Yeah. And I, and I, and he said, and I used to, he said, I would sit there and listen to it. And I would, I, he, he told me, he's like, I would, I was sitting there disagreeing with you. Like, how can somebody be so optimistic? Like it sucks. It's horrible. And he said, and I don't even know the episode, but he said, I brought up and I don't know, I, I can't remember when it was, but I was talking about attitude and like perception is reality to me. And I, the best buck hunters I know truthfully leave. I think this is what I was saying was they, they head out for the season or the morning or whatever you want to look at it. They think they are going to find and kill the biggest buck ever. And that's how I look at it. Like truthfully, like when I come down here, I, I, I really thought, I'm going to kill a 200 inch buck. I'm going to kill a giant. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at everything. I never am thinking about all of that. Well, anyways, it's a long story short. The guy basically said, I was listening to that. And he's like, you know what my problem is? It's my fucking attitude. Mm. And he's like, it was a gut check for me. And he said, but I realized it is my attitude. And this is what the guy told me. And he said this, he said earlier this summer, he said, I'm going to honestly change my mindset. And he said, I'm going to have a better attitude. And that's a hard thing to do, like to truly change in the back of your mind, like all them bad thoughts, whatever. 
And he went out and killed, he sent me a picture, killed a giant. The mm-hmm. biggest buck he's ever killed in his life mm-hmm. in a state that got crushed by winter. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't he shouldn't have been able to do that. And so and he messaged me basically saying, dude, thank you. He's like, it was your podcast that made me want to change my attitude. And he was like, I went out and did this when I shouldn't have been able to do it. And he says, old me would have been kicking rocks down the trail, bitching up a storm, making excuses, saying how horrible it is, blaming the fishing game. He went through everything. And I, I just... I, I giggled about it and I was like, you know, that's the truth though. And I see so many guys that really do, they're, they're so pissed off about everything. And I'm like, I still sit and think, and it's tough. Like this was a tough season for me. It was probably the hardest yeah, yeah, mule deer season I, I've ever had. It's, it's yeah. going to be go down. Well, I'm not done hunting. I still have two deer tags left, but, um, well, for whitetail, so but they this will probably count, be yeah. the first time I won't punch a mule deer tag in my entire adult life. Yep. First time ever since I yep. was fourteen years old. I've I think I've I have I've so this will be the first time, and I'm totally cool with it. But and so I'm just saying it is tough. But I think it's the attitude, and I truthfully believe like the bucks that I found this year. <laughs> I mean, you still found some good ones. Yes. Some great bucks. And And I mean, yes. And I mean, I was probably too picky. Um, probably should have taken a, you know, looking back, I could have, I've, I I had chances. You could have broke 180, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. But I, and I kind of had a goal in my head this year that I was going to do, it was 190 or bust. That's Mm kind of what I told myself when I got started early. And then I thought, well, as things go on, we'll see how it is. But that never happened, and I never really got – there was one that was really close, um, but I I don't think so. But anyways, the truth of the matter is I think it's all about your attitude. Mm -hmm. And I think you get into hunting what you – you will get out of hunting what you put into it, and I truly believe that. And I know, like, all of the guys that are just have this great attitude, um, I'm going to, like – Braxton Hamilton, mm-hmm. that yep, kid, definitely a g- smile on his face, kills a freaking giant on a year he shouldn't yep. have. And everybody else both. is saying they couldn't find, I mean, kills a giant, had more in his back pocket that he was, you know, like it wasn't just like found that deer. Scott and he's Thompson. In a, he's in a state where every all the other guys want to get a limited quota. Yes. He's like, no, leave it alone. Yes. Leave it alone. Yeah, Scotty. Scott Thompson. Scotty Thompson. I mean, and I've kill said this. I've, I've said this. He's the best mule deer hunter I have ever met in my life. Like, I have never been around somebody that puts it, that. He, it's amazing. But I guarantee you, and he might say, you know, it's down or whatever. But when he sets out every time he goes glassing, he knows, like, I'm going to go find a giant. And he might, he probably doesn't, not every he doesn't. time. He eats a lot of times. But he's like still finding. Big bucks. He killed the best buck I know of off the top of my head on a sh- on an episode in a winter kill state this year that I know of. Yes. Officially netted 180, and it's got junk. That means this buck grossed well into the 190s. Yes. And he killed it twice. Scotty, just come on the podcast. Yeah. Throw I mean, Travis and I a bone. Uh, it, it really is unbelievable what and I, and that's just a couple examples. Um, look at Dione. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Dude, that kid, Biggest. every time I talk to him, he has the greatest attitude about yep. hunting. Yep. He really does. Like every time I, there's just, there's all the, and I could go on and I could name them all, but there's so many guys that when I think about 
attitude that have this great attitude and for some reason why do they just keep getting it done i right. i mean it's not it's not it, they're it, not killing them on draw tags no i mean high high hard to get yeah. draw tag the only killed a giant this year on an otc archery his first ever decided <laughs> he's gonna go get a bow this year, yeah. <laughs> no yeah. it's just but it's amazing when guys like that's what i love to see that's what i love about like instagram and like getting to see some of these guys like and you know when those bucks like dione's bucks scotty's bucks when those guys they set out they all have the greatest attitude but the bucks that they killed this year i mean they to me on a to do what they've done on general season type units Mm -hmm. easy to draw whatever in winter kill areas those are more valuable to me than like a 250 inch buck some guy killed on a governor's tag i agree like yeah, there's totally. something super special about what guys like that were able to do after a year like this because it was tough it really was and so that's what i think i just hope everybody thinks about that the I think your perception and your attitude, I think, may really add a lot into deer hunting. They, they do. And that's why I wanted you to bring up that listener because, um, you know, it, and it wasn't just that he changed his attitude. Mm-hmm. By by changing his attitude, he worked hard. Yeah, like, you didn't exactly. get the details. Like, he's like, yes. hey, I put a lot more into it. Yes. I didn't just quit. Uh, I think he said he scouted more. Yeah, he, you know, a he lot just, more. Just he was out. He it. said he's never scouted so much. He told he's just going to go out and crush and get look, after it and look, look and have a better attitude. Yeah. And he was like, usually, I, and he said, typically, and he said, a lot of my friends and different people, they were, they give up before the season even started. Like, I'm not even going to go out. Yeah. And, and it was tough. It was, it was tough and yep. that can't be understated like or that can't be stated enough but and this wasn't just a high draw tag that he no it, it was a easy to draw <laughs> i'm not going to go into details yeah but right like, right we don't want to give it away like, dude but, but yeah it was something that attainable you could uh, probably uh, go again next year he will go again yeah, next exactly year. And, and so and anybody at listening could go like that's just i think what the deal is is it's just and you know and uh, buck <laughs> It's just tough. It's just tough to see some of the sentiment that I see all over um, about how upset everybody is. Mm-hmm. And and I get it's tough and it's not good. But I do think, I hope, I hope it comes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think it will. And it wasn't that long ago that I remember in 2016, mm-hmm. 2015, I had so many 200-inch bucks, I couldn't hunt them all. Yeah, you told me the other day, you turned back a Colorado archery tag that I happen to know takes five to nine points <laughs> yeah. to draw because you're like, I couldn't go because I had too many big bucks yeah. located in Idaho or Utah or whatever you're yes. hunting that year. And, 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 and what has happened since 16 and 17, and again this year, in, in all my places, it's just been the winners. The winners mm-hmm. are what has killed it. The tag numbers really haven't changed. Um, maybe the culture of hunters have changed a little bit, the, the, and there's more hard hunters. But I don't find the hard hunters focusing on the OTC units, mm-hmm. you know, for the, for the most part. And, that, and, and, you know, in a previous episode, I talked about, you know, having the whole West OTC. What I meant by that is that, the the mentality of most hunters in an OTC unit leaves a lot of 
gaps for a hard hunter to film. Yes. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they're like when Idaho went to um, non-residents have to pick up all their tags on December 1st, it turned everything into a draw unit. So now the non-residents I see coming, which might have, may have just been casual hunters before, like, no, this is a draw tag. No, yes. it's not really a draw tag. It's just so hard to get now. They feel like it's a draw tag. So they're hunting harder. For sure. And so what I mean when I say, hey, I wish the, the West could go OTC, it, it's not going to, I get that, but it, 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 it takes makes a lot of people not try very hard. Mm-hmm. After all, it's just an OTC tag. Mm-hmm. But once it goes limited quota, this has been my experience. You, you and I talked about the other night. We've lost so much opportunity, you and I have, in being oh, yeah. able to hunt out of state the last five years. For sure. Just, really just so much opportunity. And the deer hunting is no better. In fact, because of the winters, and yes. it's kind of worse. Yes. So anyways, we're not saying we have the answers. We're not saying, hey, just think like us. We're just trying to show you the other side. And that's why when that listener reached out to you, I thought that's pretty dang cool. Yeah, and he and told think- me he was one of the guys that like he, he told me. He's like, uh, he's like, I used to think the only way I was ever going to kill a big buck was to draw some tag mm-hmm. and to go on some like super limited place. And, and he, he brought up, and I had mentioned it, I, I think in that same podcast, and he brought that up to me too. I had brought up that a lot of times when people go to these hard to draw tags, mm-hmm. it's not what they think it's going to yeah, be right. when they yeah. get there. Yeah, those... Like a lot of times, like, I, I don't want to mention the unit, but there was a unit in Southern Colorado years ago that I hunted. Um, I was, I got a third season tag for it was like pennies on the dollar of what it was worth. Well, go down. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, super, it was easily easy to obtain. And there, the, this unit always has a lot of landowner tags, like or land voucher a lot, tags. A lot of private land. There yes. So they could get but it was, and I think, I think I've told this story before, but a guy come in with drew the fourth season tag. Mm-hmm. He had dumped, man, I think it was 17 points, something like that. It was, it was a lot. And I remember sitting there thinking, I paid like, I don't know, it wasn't, it was under two thousand dollars. I know that. But you didn't have four seasons. No, you I had third. third. And gotcha. he had he'd done everything right. Showed up there to glass, and dude, the weather was horrible. Warm. This guy, <laughs> and he told me, like, I remember him telling me, like, man, this was my chance at a big buck. Yep. And it's cool. Dude, he, I shot a buck. And it wasn't a great, but like just an old three point, like kind of a cool gnarly with some cool eye guards. And he was so, je- he, and he told me, he was like, that's a pretty good buck. He's like, I hope I can find one better. Because he was there during third yeah. season getting ready Scouting. for fourth. That's how serious yes. he was. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't messing around. Yeah. I mean, he had invested, you know, a lot of his life into that yeah, tag. 17 years. Well, dude, I stayed in touch with him. Mm-hmm. He never saw a buck better than that one I killed in yeah. third season. Yeah. Um, ate his tag. You know, and that happens and that's okay. That's going to happen. Yeah. But, totally. but it's just, I think a lot of guys and like, you know, that guy, he told me, you know, and we talked after he's like, dude, that was tough. He's like to sit and think I could have spent, you know, a thousand dollars or I could have been hunting all these different units or whatever. And I had all of my eggs in this basket. Like that yep. was my chance. Yep. And yet there's guys like we mentioned earlier that are doing awesome things on just, but they all have good attitudes. And I think that's the difference. And another thing I wanted to touch on was like hunt smart. Like you have to be the other morning when those guys come walking up the hill and they're literally walking by a hundred 
85 plus inch we buck. didn't talk about the bull dude that i know the yeah best six point bull i have seen in this unit <laughs> it was a good bull right there and he went on public even a though i saw him so, on private so we had a buck and a bull guys as they walked up this hill i swear to you they did not bring their binoculars to their eyes one time that i saw i i mean i i could be they wrong i wasn't have. staring at them but to like dude. miss like just you have to be smart you know what i mean and i see this happen so many times with a lot of guys dude if i told you man i bet you my binoculars come in and out of my case i could like as i'm walking hiking moving uh, hundreds of times a day like i i it's amazing it's unbelievable how many times they're in and out and i'm looking at everything stopping every time i stop every time my view changes and so many guys are just wandering around like aimlessly, like they're going to see them with their eyes or they'll do the same thing in their pickup. They'll be driving up the best vantage point you could ever see. Like X, you could see for miles and they you want to know what? They never stop. They, they never, bino- they never pull out yep. their binoculars. Yeah, they use their binoculars to look at the hundred yard circle that's around them. Yes. And usually when they do use their binoculars, it's to look at the buck they saw with their naked eye or the right. doe that's out 20 yards out yeah. the window. That's all they're seeing. Yep. They're leaving a lot of opportunity. And so table. call like these different places, whether you go to Colorado, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, all these different places where there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of people. I think a lot of times people can get all discouraged about the people. You want to know what I've learned? I don't even care. I don't care about the people. I don't care what they're doing because I truthfully have seen them miss opportunities and bucks. You found the first yes, day you the were guy here. was right. <laughs> Guys were right there. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, people up and down. I that could road. go. I could do a whole podcast on stories on people um, that have missed deer, and I've literally watched them walk by it, mm-hmm. drive by it, whatever. You're too and I went buck. killed You're 240 yeah. buck the yes. guy that pulled up in the yes. pickup and didn't see it land yes. blow the knob yep i yeah. mean I, I could it's just insane so dude like all that stuff and i because i hear a lot of people talk about well it's not just about how bad the buck hunting is but it's all these people i'm so sick and tired there's always of been a lot of people dude there's, dude, dude ever, i think forever. honestly dude it's a the, I, I hunted this unit that we're in one time maybe 20 years ago I think there's less people right now than there was then. Every one of those pullouts on that road right there, you know where we had go down a, to get the water? Dude, there was a big camp right in that pullout well, right there. Uh, in the last five, ten years I've come here, I've never seen a camp there. See? So, yeah, so that's why when people are, you know, I don't, I don't hunt everywhere. I, and no, I don't hunt Utah. I haven't had a Utah tag for a while. I don't know. Dude, it's the fewest people I've ever seen. I, 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 I hunted it. I hunted it this year. It was the fewest amount of hunters I have ever seen. Is that because seen. of the winter kill and people just not putting out effort? Don't know. Don't, don't know. know either. But you want to know, Idaho is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, fewest people I have ever seen in Idaho. Um, I hunted five days on public land in Idaho and I only saw one guy. Yeah. So, it's just now i you know i did backcountry i did hardcore sure. you know i mean i wasn't just driving around the county roads either i mean there was for sure but i'm even talking about camps like just places that camps. everybody's camped and you always see traffic and utv traffic whether you're coming in or out or at trailheads no it's like the fewest people i've yeah. ever seen i and maybe it is all just the winter i don't know i don't i don't know what it is but it's just interesting when i was a kid in the 90s growing up in northern utah I remember we would have to go set up our tent two weeks before the or you would have to, to reserve spot. your spot. Yeah. Like you couldn't just pull up a day before the season and find one. And this year 
I went all over through Utah, Idaho. There were so many campgrounds, everything available. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it's just kind of different, you know, and I think maybe it is just like a culture change. And I don't know, I think what it is, a lot of people just want to hit the easy button. Mm-hmm. They want to push the easy button. Like, mm-hmm. we want to kill a deer easy. Just mm-hmm. push this button. Mm-hmm. Make it limited entry, and we're going to be able to kill one. I just don't think that's how it's going to work. But. Well, you can make it limited entry. It does make better hunting in some cases, but when are you going to go hunting? And that's the part that scares me on it. Yeah. Is, man, as it's, is you know, we're in a unit that you could hunt almost every single year because it's 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 not a high draw tag. Well, and yeah. you know, we've so I don't know, I don't know the answers, but I loved that that listener reached yeah, out. Yeah, it was and said. Cool. So yep. maybe the problem is my effing. Yeah, attitude. that's what he said. So, that was yeah. I thought. You he know said what? that's what he that's decided. The first place we got to look, and you and I talked about it the other night in 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 all sports and you know business, all the high level guys. They're, they're never negative. Never. Right? Yeah. They're never worried about what all, <laughs> yep, everything's yep. going on. They're, right. they're just doing their thing. Like, you know, that's uh, it's what's funny. It's It really is. And I think there's a lot of carryover into life. And I think um, why I love hunting is, dude, it's taught me, like, you get what you put out. Yep. Like, I truthfully think in life, in anything, you get, you will get out what you put in. And yep. I think that it couldn't be more true for hunting. Exactly. We're in a place that a lot of people would be down in the mouth about. And we saw two bucks over 175. Could have killed the 175 and almost killed the 185. Mm-hmm. Almost. If I'd have been five minutes. And a faster. freaking 30-inch two-point. And a 30-inch two-point. And learned a lot about deer hunting. That was yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. We learned a lot. Dude, and and we, that's stayed, the thing. we stayed here the whole season. I learn every year. Yep. I learn more. Like, you know, to see that deer move five miles. Dude, exactly. You know what I thought about that too? Was like, that tells me that even if I'm up here in the brush and I'm not seeing them, man, it's worth it. To, uh, just do something different. Go down another day yeah. and look on the winter range. I did. You I just never know what's going to show freak. up down yeah. there. And there he is. Yep. And he'd been right up in here. In the dumbest spot. The dumbest and how spot. that deer's not dead. How he's survived till yesterday with yeah. all the the people yeah. and dude and it he's was probably a seven or eight year old deer yeah or I older I don't know yeah. dude I don't have the answers either but hey dude good podcast dude good hunt you're you're an excellent glasser an excellent well, spotter thanks, I've you... never seen anybody that can spot game whether it's glassing <laughs> or just with your eyes dude I see double the amount of game when I go with you. Every yeah, well, single time. And, I, you know, and it's funny. I, I have a lot of people tell me that, but I really think it's uh, it's just a thing. You just practice. Mm-hmm. Um, spending you, a lot you, of time. practicing for 35 I think, years. But I think I spend an <laughs> abnormal amount of time scouting mm-hmm. and in the hills, and I think that keeps your eyes sharp. It does. It do, does keep them sharp. But I do too, dude, and you still see twice the game as me. You know, it, I don't have the eyes I used to yeah, have. Yeah, and that I can, can tell, be it too. Even, even though I wear Go get that eye surgery I was telling you I probably about. should, dude. I probably should. <laughs> Um, uh, but, but dude, you're very aware of what's going yeah. on around you and you look and you look and you look and, um, and, and, and it pays off. And yeah, it's, for sure. Well, I know it, yeah, it's helped me a bunch over the years. So cool, man. Well, let's do Kay. it again. Okay. And, um, it looks like I'm back in another slump unless I kill one. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I just started a slump. <laughs> oh my but gosh. I'm going to go whitetail hunting dude. and you just wait, Dude, buddy. whitetails don't count. Now oh, you yeah, get a deer, they're I like deer. them and they eat good and everything, dude, oh, but they don't count. Dude, they're pretty fun. I'm getting kind of into it. Later, man. Thank you.